0: Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Welcome back to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. I'm just having a lot of fun this season with just tons of interviews, finding people in small churches who are doing amazing things and having an impact not only on their church, but also on their community. And we have another one with us today. I'm excited to introduce you, um, Karen Altizer, and she spoke at our conference. She is a coach and an expert in many things, which I don't even know if you'd consider yourself an expert in some of the ones that I would consider you an expert in, Karen. But Do you want to just do a little quick intro and let people know who you are if they missed you at the last conference?
1: Sure. Well, thank you, Lori. You're very kind and very generous with your description. My name is Karen Altazer, and I've served in full-time ministry for over 20 years. Um, You asked me recently, Lori, what is is my favorite part about church? And without hesitation and in full honesty, I can say Grief Share is my favorite ministry in church.
0: Wow. Well, I just had the privilege of um, sitting in on another workshop you just did about anxiety. And you all, before we went live, I'm like, Karen, we got to talk about anxiety too because it's so common. But we're here today. We're going to talk about Grief Share, a ministry that Karen's involved in. Before the end of the podcast, you're going to have some steps where you can not only identify, you know, this need in your community, because it's a need everywhere. But if you're curious about Grief Share bringing in a ministry you know, into your church to serve people who are grieving, like you're going to know how to do that. So Karen, that's our tall order for today. We're going to talk about why it's important and even how to do it. Does that sound good? Yes, I'm excited to do that. Cool. Awesome. Well, first off, I just want to talk just general about grief, because sometimes people just feel like, oh, grief is like a an isolated thing. You know like oh, you know everyone isn't grieving or there isn't that much grief or we're even not supposed to focus on it. But like to me, like grief is everywhere. Like everybody has grief. You are absolutely right. Grief is everywhere. There is the, the and one of the reasons
1: why grief share is such an effective ministry and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later, but no one escapes grief. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's none of us that can say I've never lost a loved one. And until Jesus returns, we will experience physical death, you know, Mm -hmm. unless he returns until that time. So we will all experience grief. We've, you know, most of us have lost lost a grandparent, uh, parents. Some of us have lost a child or children, a spouse, siblings. Um, So we are all impacted by grief. And there's many aspects, which I'm, I know we will dive into talking about the different layers and the types of grief. But grief is a funny thing. It's not sequential. There's really not stages of mm-hmm. grief. That's like a myth. I, I want to kind of disband that right off. There's not stages of grief. There might be um, areas of grief that you walk through, but they're not sequential.
0: Yeah. Well, and y'all, if you guys have heard about the stages of grief, which so many people teach on, I'm so glad you brought that up, Karen, but like my hair just stood up on the back of my neck when you said that, because we have a lot of wrong teaching about grief. We have a lot of wrong teaching in the church about how to minister to people with grief. And one of the reasons I think sometimes people think like it's not that big of a ministry, like not too many people are suffering with that is because in the church, we just have tended to not talk about uncomfortable things like we're not sure what to say and so yes. we're actually not helping people like with grief but when you really think about ministries like every church has to have a worship ministry we have to have a children's ministry if there's children like why don't we all have grief ministries for Pete's sake don't so like don't you think like i don't know it feels like a real core ministry to me right
1: it's so true it's so true and and you're exactly right um most people won't talk to to the topic of grief or talk about grief because they're not comfortable with it they don't know what to say therefore they don't say anything which in turn just honestly makes it worse mm-hmm. uh, when you are a grieving person when you've experienced a significant grief loss you are hurting and the church in general um, they mean well your pastors love you the people in your church they love you they just don't know how to speak to it and in the church sometimes we like to sugarcoat things and we d- we do have hope. As believers, uh, as believers in Christ, we do have hope in heaven. The earth is not the end for us. Uh, and we have the hope and the mm-hmm. promise of seeing our loved ones again in heaven. Uh, but but that, that sometimes takes away from our earthly hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we yeah. have a heavenly hope, but we have an earthly mind, soul and body that hurts and aches for this loss, the significant loss, and it's just easier to say, "Oh, you'll see them again," mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. completely devalues what the person is feeling, especially when it is a traumatic loss. Uh, any type of loss, honestly, you know, you have a, a, a couple that's been married for fifty some years, and. They really don't know life without their spouse. And mm-hmm. then something happens and their spouse has passed away and, and they're left reeling. Mm-hmm. And then we come along as the church in general and say, we love you. They were such a great person. We At know least he had a day. long life. Yes. And all of that is true. There is an element of truth in that. But you need to we, we need to walk alongside of them better and say, we know this hurts. We know you're devastated. How? Let us help you. Let us walk
0: with you. Let us sit with you mm-hmm. in this time of grief. Sometimes your presence is all someone needs. And in order to know how to walk with someone well and sit with them well, I really do think a little bit of education understanding and really gaining some skills in this area is so important because we make so many mistakes. But before we get into all that, Karen, what would you say to people listening right now or people in well-meaning, Jesus-loving churches who say... You know, we're not supposed to focus on the sad. If we have grief share, or if we do a blue Christmas service, or a hope and healing service, we're really focusing on the sad things. And God doesn't want us to be sad. We're just supposed to be happy. Now, I've heard that. Um, I love a blue Christmas service, and I can't even tell you how many times people have said that to me, and I'm like, ah, I want to scream. How do you address that thought? And I will say that teaching, because many of us have heard that teaching. Right. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> uh,
1: in the Bible, we're given a very simple quote. Uh, Jesus wept.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, we are humans. We have feelings. We hurt. We are not perfect. Uh, we ache inside. So when you choose to come along someone who is to come alongside someone is grieving, you're choosing uh, to build a relationship with them. You're choosing to minister to them. You're choosing to serve them. And that is what the church is for. We are there to serve those who are hurting.
0: Yeah. When you think about doing life together, you know, a lot of churches will use that phrase. We do life together. We're a small church. We do life together and we eat together and we have fun together and we have fellowship together. But as soon as something tragic happens, it's almost like we all just turn into like, like blubbering people. Like we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. All of a sudden there's awkward silences. You know, I know people who've lost, you know, spouses young and all of a sudden they're not invited to all the things. They, they don't feel welcome at the family type events or the couples events and things like that. So can you think of things that churches like that many small churches do, um, that maybe inadvertently are driving people away, you know, accidental, Mm -hmm. Type missteps because I know we talked about a few of the things we will say, right? Things that kind of minimize or almost placate some things happening without actually conversing. Can you think of other things that, like small churches are doing, that's just in error?
1: Yes, yes. So uh, to to the point of what you were saying, you know, when you when you're not sure how to minister to someone who is grieving, um, you you miss a wonderful opportunity to really meet someone's need. Uh, Likewise, when you have someone in your church who is going through a divorce, you miss Mm. the opportunity to minister to them if you do not provide services or support for them in some way, shape, or form. A single parent, you know, uh, uh, like you said, oftentimes people aren't included because they're not married the things we do tend to be for families or those who are married so you miss the opportunity to minister and serve to those who are single likewise you might have couples who do not have children mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you miss the opportunity to really minister to their heart whatever whatever reason it might be that they don't have children you miss that opportunity um, so in a singles ministry too you know mm-hmm. um, we can Easily miss opportunities to minister to those in our church who don't fit the mold of your typical mom, dad, and two kids that
0: come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of different types of grief. I'm going to have you share a little bit about grief, Sharon, just a second. But when we think about grieving, like usually we think about a physical death of someone, there's so much more grieving that I think we miss in the church. You know, when people move and relocate, there is so much loss when people are moving in. There is a financial loss, you know, when people lose jobs. Um, there is a grieving of dreams. You know, when you mentioned even infertility, you know, there there's a lot of grieving we can do even over friendships, over estrangement, um, or church moves, right? When somebody is leaving a church, often there's grieving with that. Does, is grief share more about physical death? Does it cover other deaths? Tell me more about grief share. Yes. Yes.
1: So uh, if you were to come into my grief share program,
0: one of the first things that would
1: come out of my mouth, mouth is welcome. We're so glad you are here. Uh, there are many different types of grief, mm-hmm. many different mm-hmm. types of things that you're going through, but grief share specifically focuses on the physical death of a loved one. There are other types of grief, mm-hmm. but grief share mm-hmm. will specifically address the physical loss, the physical death of someone, not divorce not a loss of a friendship or a relationship, not even a loss of health. Now, those are all valid and very real things to go through. But grief share itself just focuses on the physical aspect and the physical loss through death.
0: Yeah, you know, and I I really believe as churches, as people in churches, um, volunteers, staff, whoever is listening, I think we really de- do need to just kind of widen. Our thought of serving who we're serving and who's walking in the door, because so oftentimes we are thinking of serving, you know, people who are coming in who are relatively healthy, relatively put together because that's how we show up, right? Even if we're like, you know, feel like we're dying inside. It's almost like we feel like we're serving this relatively healthy group of people where each each of us has big losses in our life. And I love that there's a program that isn't even just addressing a general. You know, loss, but really very specific. How do you think being so specific with this program called Grief Share, um, what, it, how do you think that serves people even better? Because loss is very different. You know, I, I've been in loss groups before or heard of them or process with them and, and it, it is very different when it's a physical death. Right, right. So that is a great question. So Grief Share is actually a
1: ministry and the parent organization over Grief Share is called Church Initiative. Church Initiative has several programs such as Grief Share. They have divorce care, obviously dealing with those going through divorce. They have single and parenting. It's a curriculum specifically uh, made and made to address the concerns of someone who is a single parent. And then they offer grief share. I also believe there's a couple other programs that they offer. I can't think of them right now, but the, the three main ones are grief share, divorce care and single and parenting. There's a divorce care for kids. Okay, that was the other one that I was missing. So, divorce care for kids runs in conjunction with divorce care, and so while the parents or the parents who are going through the divorce go to divorce care, their kids go through a specific program called divorce care for kids, or DC for K for short. And that helps the kids to deal with their emotions that they're experiencing as their parents are going through this separation or divorce. So Church Initiative is the parent company, but you could Google any of those names. You could Google Mm -hmm. Grief Share, Divorce Care, DC for K, Single and Parenting, and it will pull up the information about those programs. And it's honestly, in my opinion, in 20 plus years of ministry uh, experience, it is the most underutilized resource. Wow. That the church the church churches could very well use them, and I think they work great in small churches.
0: Any of these programs would. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast to talk about Grief Share is because this program is a program that is used and can be used very, very well in small churches. Sometimes as small churches, we think, oh, we can't do that. We're not a big church. And Karen, you yourself, you're in a church of 100, 130, 150 on a Sunday. You run Grief Share programs, and it's not just all four people in your church, right? Do you find yourself right. reaching the community through Grief Share? Absolutely. So the,
1: I'll give you just a little bit of background information about how I came about, how I found out about Grief Share. Yeah, I'd love that. So to. about, um, about almost twelve years ago, um, my brother chose to end his life, mm-hmm. and uh, a, you know, a suicide-related grief loss. Suicide is 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 not it? It's getting a little more talked about now yeah. than it was several years ago. But it was devastating. I mean, that's a traumatic grief loss. One of the things you'll learn about in grief shares the you know the different types of grief losses. But that was my uh, that was my first grief loss where I was like, okay, I I need some help to work through this. Now now, previous to that, I had experienced grief. You know, of loss of grandparents, a loss of um, my father in law, the loss of an unborn child. I mean, I had experienced several grief losses prior to that, but when my brother ended his own life, I, I just, I looked at my husband. I said, "I, I'm, I'm going to need some help through this." So, I had heard of grief share that was offered by a church in our community, and I attended grief share as a participant. Mm-hmm. And that, is, that was my introduction to Grief Share. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a wonderful experience. It was a painful experience, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a good resource for me. And when I completed the program, I, you know, we were in full time ministry at that time. And I was like, this is a gospel centered program. It is not centered around a d- denomination, it is not centered around a church, it is centered around scripture, the Bible you know, the thing that all Christians should look for as the source of truth. And I thought, what a wonderful program to minister to those who are hurting. And, and it shares the gospel. It is centered on the Bible. So I went through as a participant and I thought, I and I, and I Googled it. And, and the community where I went through Grief Share was about an hour from the community where I was currently serving in my church. And so I Googled it and I could not find any other locations that were offering Grief Share because Grief Share, like I said, doesn't belong to a church or a community. Um, and I thought, you know, I really should start one of these. And I, I felt like the Lord was prompting me to start a Grief Share program. So I did my research and I went through the steps and the training in order to become a facilitator. And I started Grief Share with the help of two other people at my church and we have been facilitating for eight years. Wow. We facilitate Grief Share twice a year. We run, we run it twice a year. And in my program that through our church doors, um, it is an outreach ministry. Mm-hmm. The very first time we offered Grief Share, you know, when I wasn't quite sure what we were doing, we ran it in-house. So we just ran it in our church. And I think eight people from our church came, but we kind of wanted to do it as a pilot program to make sure we could accommodate and and offer this program effectively. So we didn't advertise it at all. We just did it within our church. We had eight people and then we were like, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. So then we opened it up to the community and this was eight years. This was back in 2014. We advertised in local newspapers. We took advantage of the free advertising in the community section. We posted um, handouts and flyers at the library, at funeral homes. We just advertised it as much as we could in print um, and around town, and so we have been operating for eight years. Like I said, twice a year, and throughout the past eight years, we have had over two hundred participants to wow. come through our. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not at once, obviously, mm-hmm. that would be yeah. a little bit hard for, to handle. But you know, some groups were as small as four. My largest group were was a group of twenty six people. Um, but only that first group that came through were members of our church. We advertise this to the community and we Mm -hmm. want to be a resource in our community.
0: If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes. Yeah, you know, I think grief is such um, it's such a lonely thing to go through because even if, even if there's other people around you grieving, you know, we all are so individual in the way we're hit with things, and oftentimes in grief, our family, even our closest friends, like they don't know what to do with us, and I think programs like Grief Share. Like are this safe place, and I think it's such a beautiful ministry and outreach. Like I go a little crazy with churches who are looking for, hey, what's your best outreach program? And we're doing all this stuff for like, you know, I I mean, it's okay to do the fun events and give families hot dogs and go to the park and all that kind of stuff. But there's a whole population within arm's reach of every church where people are grieving, and there is very little to actually help meet their needs. Like, have you seen that, Karen, like, like, like that loneliness of of people who are looking for help who can't find it?
1: Yeah, that is so true. Um, yeah. And, and grieving people, they're looking for a sense of community. They're looking mm-hmm. for a safe space. So yeah. one of the things that Grief Share does, there's several, there's several policies and procedures, you know, and, and they offer all of this in their training, but confidentiality is very important. So we protect our participants uh, we have a confidentiality clause that they sign. Um, we have a no dating policy within the group because mm-hmm. you know you you could be a widow and come in and you could have someone in there with not good intentions. Mm-hmm. So it has very good boundaries and parameters in place to keep everyone safe, uh, and everyone respects that. But it is a safe place for their for people to come and to share their story, and they bond with each other so quickly mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm you know, everyone in there is walking through a journey of grief. Um, And so it, we, one of my facilitators, her name is Sandy. She always says, when she introduces herself, she said, I know you're coming in as strangers and I know you're scared and I know you're overwhelmed. She's like, but at the end of these 13 weeks, we're going to leave
0: as family. Wow. That's pretty beautiful. So if a church is looking at, you know, thinking, hey, maybe we should do a grief type ministry. Um, why w- would you recommend grief share over, you know, kind of doing your own thing? Because I know sometimes people just find books or they start some kind of group. Um, would you recommend grief share first? And if so, why? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, Obviously,
1: you know, eight years with the same organization and program, I I have nothing negative to say at all. Our experiences have been nothing but good with them. But it is a very organized program. It's very laid out. All of your materials are provided. So you are not coming up with the content for Grief Share. It's already there. Um, So the way a grief share program works is people will register for your group. They mostly nowadays, you know, (laughs) they do it online. So most of my grief share participants find us through a Google search online because it's nationwide. The grief share is actually worldwide. You can type in your country, your state, your zip code, and it will pull up locations that are offered near you. So when people in our community find out that we offer this program, they will sign Up and they will come into the group uh, when and grief share runs in thirteen week cycles. So we run grief share twice a year, usually in the fall, and then again in the spring. So typically, we will offer a program usually February through May. Then we'll take a break for the summer, and then we offer another program that runs August through just before Thanksgiving. Um, And and we we cover a lot of material in that thirteen weeks so the the way it works is once a participant registers, they will come into your group. you will have them sign a confidentiality agreement. you'll have them fill out a registration form just to get some basic contact information and then you we will have maybe some light snacks or coffee. Um, our church actually now offers dinner for our participants that's wow. not. That's just something that that we have a, as a church have, has come uh, have come to offer uh, for our community groups and so we share a meal together. like I said, that's not required when we, we first started, I'm like, here's a bottle of water yeah, <laughs> you know sure. because we didn't, we didn't know what to do. so don't don't let that you know discourage you um, but they will come in. You will go into a classroom or somewhere where you can meet usually your grief share groups, an optimal size would be between 10 and 12 people. So you're not mm-hmm. going to have a hundred people in your group. Right. It's meant to be a small group. Um, there is a video that you watch and you can either watch it through a DVD or you can stream it from your computer um, to your TV. And so on this video, it covers different topics and on the video are several different experts that talk. They have a lineup of counselors, a psychologist, a psychologist, doctors, mm-hmm. um, and, and all of the experts experts, excuse me, that will speak to a specific topic in a series. Mm-hmm. And then once videos are usually about 35 to 40 minutes after you watch the video, then the facilitators, which I am a facilitator, I will, um, just pop open my leader guide, which is provided by grief share And they provide discussion prompts. So Mm -hmm. we will then follow discussion prompts that talk about the video that was just shown. And then I usually take prayer requests at the end, and then we close in a time of prayer. So the format is pretty much laid out. Like I said, you don't have to come up with content. You don't have to come up with questions. Basically, you need a room to meet in. And mm-hmm. if you have a room or a closet, there was one time we actually met in like <laughs> a really big closet. we were we were kind of packed in there like sardines. But if you have a room that can accommodate about ten, you know, five to ten people. Mm-hmm. And and, and an outlet with a TV or a DVD player or some way to hook up your computer to stream the video, that's really all that you need in terms of your facility.
0: So how about volunteers? So we're talking small churches. You know, a lot of churches in our audience have 20 people, 50 people, 100 people, 150 people. And usually when it comes to programs, the biggest concern is volunteers. Like how many people do I need? Everybody's stretched out. It sounds like if you keep it simple you need a facilitator. Yes. Yes. You can get by with just one person.
1: There, there have been a few times that it was just me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's optimal to have at least two. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, we are up to five facilitators. Now my facilitators have grown, (laughs) which is a great thing, which, you know, I've, I've, it's rare in small churches where our volunteer numbers grow, but this is one area that I can say we have consistently grown. Yeah. It started out with me and another couple. Uh-huh. Their names are Eddie and Sandy. They started originally facilitating with me. Uh, they lost their son mm-hmm. who uh, died by suicide. And so mm-hmm. we have this common bond. My yeah. brother died by suicide. Their son died by suicide. And they really helped me and my initial stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And so they agreed to come alongside of me and help. And of course, in, in volunteer situations in churches, we know it's always best to have two people in there, just a safety mm-hmm. and security concern. Because sometimes in grief share, emotions become overwhelming. Sure. And I tell the participants, if you need to step out, that's fine. And then that way, if there's another facilitator in yeah. there with me, if we have somebody who who steps out to go to the bathroom or to, you know, wipe their face and their tears, which is perfectly fine and normal, then one of the other facilitators can go out with them to make sure that, that they're okay or to direct them to the bathroom or to the water fountain or wherever they need to be. So yes, you can get by with one facilitator, but it's optimal if you have at least two.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I just love the potential of this ministry that is all set up and has run well. And we have many people in our community who love Grief Share, this particular program, Grief Share. They've imported it into their small churches. They um, consider it an outreach, an incredible ministry and a way to be Jesus with skin on uh, with people outside their community. And I'm, I'm really grateful, Karen, that you were on to share about it. And thank you for sharing part of your story. Um, I know you have so much to share, and I, I really can't wait to have more conversations with you. Is there anything else you would encourage um, just small churches just to be aware of or even to watch for? Yes. Um, you know, it, it's
1: been on my heart, I, and I guess because of my grief loss, my heart's desire was to really help someone uh, and to walk with them through a very difficult time because that's what grief share did for me. You know, mm-hmm. someone took the time to facilitate the program. They didn't come up with the content; they simply used what grief share provided. And and when I received that help and I knew the Lord was leading me to offer that help to others, Our intention as small church should not be to recruit people. So our Mm -hmm. church, our church staff, I'm very thankful for them. They're they're very supportive of grief share and divorce care and divorce care for kids and single and parenting. But our goal is not to draw families in to recruit numbers for our church. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to serve the community
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: because they're God's people. You know, yeah. they're God's people. So have we had people to eventually end up attending our church because of grief share? Yes, we have, but that is not our goal. And and I will tell my grief share participants, our goal is not to recruit you to come to our church. Mm-hmm. Our goal mm-hmm. is to walk with you through this very difficult time. And we want to give you some tools, some vocabulary, some strategies to use in this very trying time. So sometimes I, I wonder if if our mindset in small Churches, if we shifted our mindset to how can we help and serve our community, not expecting anything in return, you know, what kind of a difference would that make? Would that mm-hmm. do? We, would we view things differently? Would we approach things differently? So, so when we serve, you know, let's examine our motives and our heart and 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 what our intentions are. I think that mm-hmm. would be beneficial if we could step back and take a look at that.
0: I am so glad you brought that up because as I've mentioned it being an outreach program, and I also know Karen, you and I are on the same page with that, but it is very easy to get very manipulative with church outreach and think if we did this and nobody came back to church. Well, that's not really the goal of VBS or the egg hunt, or it shouldn't be in my opinion, or the goal of the family night or the giving backpacks to kids. You know, when we start evaluating by how many people come back to the church, it really does put a... A mindset of manipulation on there, like we're doing this for this. And I, Jerry Chadwick, who spoke at our last conference, and she's a member of our network too. Um, we were talking about this, and she just said, "Kingdom mindset, like kingdom mindset. You know that that this is about the kingdom of of God on the planet. You know, even shifting from thinking local church. You know, somehow, you know, when we talk about you know people coming to know Jesus, we think local church numbers. And if we could just shift." To just being Jesus with skin on in the community, serving people, not worrying about where they end up, but loving them as best as we can. I really do think people have a very different opinion of people in the church. Right when we're not trying to do it, like a bait and switch thing or something. Yes,
1: exactly. And I will echo that. So when our participants come in and, you know, one of my first statements to them is we are here to serve you. We're here to give you some tools to use. We're here to walk with you. We're not here to recruit you. It's like this wall comes down and their guard is Mm -hmm. down because, um, they know that we are there to serve them. We know mm-hmm. that they are there to help them, and so uh, honestly, GriefShare just does a, a beautiful job of of making uh, this resource available to churches. It's very easy for churches to do. They do need to, you know, go to GriefShare.org. They would need to purchase a leader kit. Um, so there is some initial cost. I, I'm thinking that kit is around two hundred fifty or three hundred fifty dollars but it's a one-time purchase. And then your participants um, purchase the workbooks. It's like a one-time charge for $20. That's what, that's what we charge. Um, you don't have to charge anything at all, but your participants, if they, if they have $20 invested in a workbook, they're much, they're much more likely to it uh, to come for the entire 13 weeks. Yes. You can- 13 weeks of counseling for $20. You
0: can't get get one week of counseling for $20.
1: (laughs) Our church believes in this for our staff. Again, I'm so thankful for our staff and the people at our church. They have seen this program operate for eight, eight years. They are on board with it. We have people in our church that come to me every year, every time, every twice a year before we start Grief Share. And they tell me, if you have a participant that comes in who cannot afford the workbook, we will buy it for
0: them. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. And so we never let cost be an issue. Um, And so it's just, it's, it's really good. And it's, and what a way to share the gospel because we have, it's not just believers that are coming in. We open it up to the community. I've had atheists come in. Mm -hmm. I've had Buddhists come in. I've had all different denominations come in all Mm -hmm. different, all different levels of, of spiritual maturity, spiritual immaturity, or like I said, no belief at all, or maybe even agnostic. Uh And so our goal is, is, to love them, to serve them, and to point them to Christ. Mm -hmm. And and
0: Grief Share does a wonderful
1: job in that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being with us. And If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yes. Thank you for asking. I have a website, karenaltizer.com. I also have a Facebook page and Instagram page. Both are Karen Altizer Coaching. And so um, you can connect with me that way. My email is listed
0: or you can uh, DM me on both of those social platforms. Awesome. We will make sure to drop those links in the show notes. And if people have questions about grief share, is that fine for them to reach out to you as well? Absolutely. I would love, would love to chat with someone about starting a program and be honored to support them in that way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for supporting us too. And just being part of our community at Small Church Ministry. I just tell people all the time, my favorite part about this is just the people I get to meet and you're one of them. So um, thank you for being on the podcast and um, we will, I'm sure you'll be back at our conferences or offering VIPs and speaking. And so if y'all want to hang out with Karen more, hang out with us and we'll make sure you get connected too. So, well, that's it for this week, everybody. Um, We will uh, catch it next week. And until then, uh, be alive. Right.